You're listening to the Cheer Biz Podcast, where we dive into the business of running and owning your gym. Join us as we speak to industry experts, business gurus, and discuss how we can take your passion and turn it into profit. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and I apologize. I just kind of butchered that opening and stuttered over myself, and it is because I am tired, and I am tired because it is choreography time at the gym. So this episode is all about how to get the most out of your choreography slash how to survive choreography at your gym. Before we get into the episode, make sure you've headed on over to Next Generation Gym Owners on Facebook. You've joined our main Facebook group. You've joined All-Star Cheer Coaches and Owners if you're a coach and an owner. And you have gone over to Cheer and Gymnastics Gym Owners on Facebook and you have joined those groups as well. So you're making sure you're getting all of our free content that we're putting out on Facebook. You don't want to be missing out on all that great stuff. If you love this episode, share it with someone who needs to hear it themselves. The more people that are hearing these episodes, the more this podcast grows and the better things do for all of us. So like I said, I am in choreo week. I actually just left the gym uh, after doing choreography for two of my teams. I was there for 10 hours today and I'm, I'm pretty smoked. I was there for 10 hours yesterday. I'll be there for 10 hours tomorrow and 10 hours the next day. And I'm, I'm tired. Uh, and we do our own choreography at our gym. And then we bring someone in, uh, one of my great camp instructors, Taylor Shapiro. She's absolutely amazing. I believe I've done a couple podcast episodes with her. I'll have her on again, I'm sure. Uh, she comes out and does our dance and gives us some flair. Um, and she does amazing stuff for us. Now, we do our own choreography and I'll go into why we do a little bit later in the episode, but this is something that I have um, worked. I've done everything in the cheer industry. I've hired companies. I've done my own. I've hired specific choreographers. I've built the skeleton and then hired a choreographer. I've done all the different things and I feel like I found what works best for our business, but uh, there are some really, really key tips that I think you can use to help you survive and help you get the most out of your choreography experience. Uh, We'll talk about some things that relate to what you should do if you're doing it by yourself and what you should do with a choreographer. So if you are hiring a choreographer, the the number one thing you do need to do to get the most out of your choreographer is make sure you hire the right person. Now, I know that seems sounds easier said than done, and it is very confusing on who to hire. To be completely honest, if you go on to ASGA or really any of the cheer groups, you're going to see a myriad of people suggested and recommended, and some people have had great experiences, some people have had bad experiences, but what you will generally find is there are some choreographers that don't really have a lot of people with anything bad to say about them. Now, they may say, we didn't feel like we got the best routine, or it may not have been, um, it may not have scored as well as they wanted, but they don't have anything negative to say about the person. The experience was great. The kids really liked them. Those kind of things are actually the intangibles that I think you need to be looking for if you're looking for a new choreographer. Be looking for someone who is a joy to bring to your program, who kids look forward to working with. On top of that, you should be looking for someone who wants to partner with you. If you have a choreographer that is 
willing to talk to you beforehand, willing to ask questions. They are coming in prepared. You feel like they know your athletes or they know your teams or they know what it is you are looking for. That's a choreographer you want to be working with. Now, on the flip side, if you have a choreographer that's like, I'll just talk to you when I get there. Now, they may be really good. I just don't like that approach. I don't feel you're getting as good of a result. And even if you're the absolute best choreographer out there, well, I bet you could do a better job if you had more time to prepare and wrap your brain around what it is we're looking for. And like in my gym, we're doing all themes this year. So all of our teams have themes. Last year, my two teams had themes. This year, all of our teams had themes. Well, if I don't communicate that to you ahead of time and you're not thinking about those things, then you're likely not going to have ideas for my theme and you're not going to be able to deliver that content. So making sure you pick the right person who is invested. I also think you need to pick the right person for your budget. If you have not budgeted correctly for choreography, then you need to find someone who is going to fit within that budget or a way to accomplish it within your budget. Do not go over budget on choreography. This adds up very, very quickly. And you should be asking choreographers what their pricing is ahead of time, and they should be willing to be very honest with you. My maximum price is X, or my price is this plus travel, or my price is this, and it's all inclusive. Everyone does it a little bit differently. There's a number of different companies out there. And I'm not going to talk disparagingly about anyone here because that's that's not my place. I have opinions and those are my opinions based off of my experiences, but I'm not going to steer anyone one direction or the other. There are choreographers that I think are overpriced. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. I think they are overpriced choreographers. Now, that's what they can charge and good for them. Like more power to you. I can respect you from a business perspective. I don't think that that product is worth it. But I also don't think that product is worth it because I know I can do choreography. And so I believe that there are better ways for me to spend my money, not spend as much, still get a great result. And I've hired really expensive choreographers. And to be completely honest, I haven't gotten a great product any better than I got from mid-priced choreographers. So I just haven't really bought into that belief that you need to hot, like you totally get what you pay for. Now, to some extent though, you do get what you pay for. If you're hiring someone who's like, oh yeah, I'll do it remotely for $500 and no big deal, you're going to get what you pay for. You're not going to get the same level of experience. <clears throat> I also think as you establish who's going to come to your choreography, you need to ask really important questions. Does this include you teaching me stunts? Does this include you teaching us transitions? Does this include you going through our pyramid with us? Are you going to, are you guaranteeing you will finish this product? Those are really important questions to ask because there are choreographers who I know who've come out because I've had it happen, who've come to my gym and been like, shoot, we didn't get to the dance. And they left without teaching us a dance because they worked the allotted number of hours. Well, I paid them for a routine. I didn't pay them for a certain number of hours of work. And they said, oh, well, we'll come back. And then they didn't. And then I had to hire someone else, right? So you got to be really cautious with that. <clears throat> you also want to make sure you're hiring people who, who deliver. So again, hire the right person is <clears throat> my number one. Uh, you've got to make sure you're hiring the right person. And if that right person is you, then great hire you or hire one of your staff members. <clears throat> Do that. 
It's absolutely okay to do in-house choreography. Now, if you're hiring one of your staff members, you should be compensating them for doing the choreography or that should be included in their salary and that should be well communicated ahead of time that, hey, you're getting paid for this time and that's what you're getting paid for um, and you're getting paid this salary that includes doing your team's choreography. Now, <clears throat> number two from there, how to get the most out of your choreography is know what your team is capable of and clearly communicate that to your choreographer. Okay, as a choreographer, okay, I do my own choreography and I go out and I do choreography for some people. I don't do a ton. It's not my bread and butter, but I do do it a little bit. I kind of do a limited amount because I feel like I only have the capacity to do so many routines before all my routines start to look the same. But you can, as a choreographer, uh, if I'm coming into a gym and I have a gym telling me, hey, this is our, our level four team and we want them to have really amazing stunts. Like we just want you to challenge them on stunts and we want them to have like a really flashy tumbling sequence and all these different things. But you don't communicate to me what skills you have. And I say, well, tell me how many of your kids have this. And you're like, oh, um, oh well, there's 20 kids on the team and 18 have whip tucks. And I get there and only five do. And you're like, oh, well, the other ones will get it. That's not being honest with me because I'm now not choreographing a routine that is going to be successful for you. Yes, you as a coach may know that there's one or two kids that are going to get a skill or they're right on the cusp of it. But on the flip side, I as an experienced coach and an experienced choreographer know that kids, like if you have 15 kids that are waiting to get a standing back handspring for a level two team, you probably shouldn't be a level two team. That's probably not going to work out the way that we are hoping. So it is important to be really, really honest with your choreographer on what skills your athletes have and be realistic about what to expect from the routine. The more information you give your choreographer ahead of time for a choreographer that's going to prepare, which is what I told you is the choreographer you want to hire, the better result you're going to get. So if I have videos, if I know, hey, we're do, we want to do these five elite skills in our routine, we want to do these tumbling passes, I've got this many kids doing this tumbling pass, we want to have this transition or this thing, and you're just asking me to put it all the better. I can give you an even better routine because I know what things to factor in. I know what you're already thinking about. Now, you may say, well, gosh, if I'm going to all that work, then why am I hiring the choreographer? Well, there's a lot more nuance that goes into it than just finding a video of a skill and saying, I want to do that thing. So there is reason to hire a professional who can help you package those skills in the right way. Just knowing I want to do this skill and I want to do that skill um, is really, really helpful, but it needs to be done intentionally. And on the flip side you need to make sure that you're communicating what your choreographer should expect coming in. I will be honest. I told you I'd, I've done routines where we like did all the blocking. We were like, you're going to go to this formation and this is where you're going to do your elites for this many eight counts. And then you're going to transition to here and this is jumps. And we just like laid out each structure in each formation. And then we brought in a choreographer. I feel really bad for the years that we did that because I, as a choreographer would not want to come into that environment. And that is Yes, it's great if you have a couple like fun formation ideas. We really want to do this formation in our stunt. But if you're asking me to be creative, but then you're locking me into certain formations, well, what you might not understand is the visuals I want to do don't work in that formation or the ripples I wanted to do or the other things. So 
as a choreographer, it makes it really, really hard if everything is already blocked and laid out because we then kind of get, it, it stifles the creativity a little bit. So make sure that you're really honest with what it is you're expecting the choreographer to do and what skills and capabilities your team has. You need to make sure that those things are communicated very, very clearly. Number three would be prepare your kids for choreography. So if they're not used to choreo or they haven't done choreography before, then start preparing them early on. And what I mean by that is this, teach them how to walk clean. Teach them that it is important to stand still and stand in formation and be quiet and not talk because it is very distracting as a choreographer as you're trying to think of things. If you turn around and the formation you just built has disassembled because the kids have all gone to chat with one another. Make sure that you're teaching your kids things like how to uh, tummy ache, you know, how to go down and like grab their stomach and have a flat back and transition, how to go down on their knee with their chest tall, how to do a seat roll, how to do a jumping seat roll, how to do a dive roll. These kind of little transitional skills may seem very silly, but if your kids have not done choreography before and the choreographer says, hey, I want you to seat roll here and the kid is got two left feet and they can't do it, now you've bogged down the progression of teaching of the routine for your choreographer to teach your athlete how to seat roll. So, and I bring that up very specifically because I've had it happen to me and it is annoying. It just slows things down. So make sure that you have prepared your kids for what choreography is. Additionally, the last thing I would tell you is prepare your parents for what choreography is, your parents and your athletes for what is choreography. And when I say this, what I mean is I want you to make sure that they understand a couple things about choreography. One, make sure they understand what the goal of choreography is. The goal of choreography is to have the best routine possible that you're going to present to the judges and score as well as possible. It is not to make sure that every single athlete has an opportunity to be a star and has an opportunity to shine. Yes, that ideally happens, but it is a team sport and it's not about highlighting any one particular individual. There may be individuals that are highlighted because of a skill that they have, but it's not about highlighting them. It's about highlighting the skill and how it complements the score sheet. On top of that, make sure they understand that choreography is kind of temporary. Like, I don't know anyone who gets their choreography from their choreographer and from the day the choreographer leaves, never changes a darn thing. And if you've done that, like kudos to you. I am impressed. You are very, very lucky. I've never had it happen in my entire life to include when I was cheering on teams, to include when I've done my own choreography. It's never happened. Okay. Never, ever, 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 ever happened. So make sure that people know that it's not forever. So just because they may be in the back of a formation at that moment doesn't mean they are going to stay at the back of that formation. They may, they may not. It just all kind of depends. So make sure you communicate to your parents, make sure you communicate to your athletes so they understand what it is they should expect when they're coming into choreography so they're mentally prepared. Now, if you are someone who does your own choreography, have a plan going into it and do your choreography in a set block of time as if you hired a choreographer. Do not do the I am going to choreograph this routine over the course of a month because what you're going to do is choreograph for a month and you're never going to actually practice anything. So I highly, highly recommend you set these are the two days or the three days of this many hours that we're going to come in and we're going to choreograph this routine and you need to treat it like a job, like you're going in there to do choreography. Yes, you have an advantage. You know your kids. You know the routine. You should theoretically be able to put together a great routine. 
but you can very easily shoot yourself in the foot. I have worked with teams. Before I started coaching my team, I worked with another coach who is a fantastic coach and an amazing choreographer. And he choreographed their world's routine. And we changed the choreography of that routine every single week. And we probably spent over the course of the season, like 40% of our time changing choreography and not practicing skills. So you wanna be really, really cautious about that if you are doing your own choreo. It's very easy to get bogged down in changing and changing and editing and changing. And I'll be honest, I've done it myself. I talked about my level four routine two years ago where we changed it like every single competition and we were chasing our score. And that was a horrible, horrible decision. So you wanna make sure that even though you are choreographing your own routine, which gives you some freedom and flexibility, you are also treating it like a job, treating it like choreography, you will get a better result. You're coming in prepared, just like you're a choreographer coming in to do a job. Make sure you're doing those things. Now, I I mentioned I would talk about why I do my own choreography versus why I don't, or why I wouldn't hire out for a full routine. And I've gone back and forth. I've even this year, I was like, man, should I keep doing my own choreography or should I hire someone out? And I may change my mind. Right now, I feel that um, the value of hiring someone to come out and do a full routine is not there. Uh, And I say this because there was kind of a point in time where we were hiring people to come out and they would come out and they would do our routine and then we would end up changing a lot of it. And it was kind of like, man, I'm paying a whole bunch of money to then redo this routine that doesn't actually work the way it was choreographed. Now, some of that was on them, some of that was on the athletes, uh, and some of that was on me as the coach. But it is important that you are setting yourself up for success with that. And so for us, it was a, a really a value question. You know, what can give us the best bang for our buck, bang for our parents' bucks, and uh, give the best product to our kids? And we felt that this was a better product. We were able to choreograph routines. We were able to get advice. We were able to bring in someone for flair and dance. We were able to bring in people throughout the year to help us refine routines, clean routines, pre-summit, do all those things and stay within the budget we wanted to stay within. So that is why it made the most sense. Like I said, if you do not feel that you are capable of doing that, then for the love of Pete, don't. Don't do your own choreography if you don't feel like you can do your own choreography. If you don't understand the score sheet, don't do your own choreography for the love of all that is holy. If you don't understand the score sheet, don't do your own choreography. It's a horrible, horrible plan. But if you are like, if you feel confident in that and you understand the score sheet and you understand how to read a routine and you have built some prep routines and you've built some routines that have done well, then maybe it's time to give it a go. Now, maybe you know that you're not great at stunts and pyramid, and then you hire out for that, or you're not good at dance, or you're, I mean, who knows? I am, I can choreograph a dance, absolutely. I prefer hire out for dances because I think there are people who are better at dances than I am, and it's worth it. I also just like an additional eye, and my kids laugh at me when I dance, even though I'm actually not bad. Uh, they all think it's funny because I don't give off the appearance of being the guy who can dance. And so they all think it's really funny when I start giving them girly motions. Um, but yeah, so you need to figure out what works best for you and your gym. And if that is doing your own choreography, then great. If that's hiring out, 
then great. There are some really amazing choreographers out there. Um, again, I'm not going to give people specific plugs. I know some of my friends who are listening are like, come on, Dan, give me that plug. I'm thinking of you and I, I, I want to. The plug will be when I have you on the podcast at some point in time to talk choreography or talk about your services. Um, yeah, so th- that's how I would suggest surviving choreography. I'm rambling a little bit. I didn't prepare anything. I am just talking about this because I've been doing choreography for the last 20 hours and I just felt it was very relevant to talk about today with all of you. So make sure you are following that advice and you will you will have a better time and you will get more out of your choreography. Trust me, I, those, those are my little recommendations. We could talk way more. I actually gave an entire class to a coach's retreat that we did this summer at Dream Camps on choreography. I had Taylor, our dance choreographer um, there. I had Chris Silva also from Top Gun, which is where Taylor is from there. And we talked through all of our like best advice for choreography. It was actually a really great class. Lots of great questions. Um, So that's a whole nother different like discussion to have. But um, that is my recommendation. So leaving this episode, I don't really have any suggestions other than follow the advice I gave you get the most out of your routines, right? This is your routine. That's the biggest thing. Like as a choreographer, yes, I, your choreographer should come in and have ownership of that routine, but it's your routine. It's your kid's routine. They have to perform it for the rest of the year. So they need to be performing a routine that fits them, that fits you, that fits your vibe. Don't be afraid to stand up for that and get the routine that you want for your team. All right, everyone, I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you're looking for other great content, make sure you check out the Let's Talk Cheer podcast with Jason Larkins. He's got lots of advice on things like choreography and routines and stunts and coaching and all that stuff. He's got great, great content over on his channel. And with that, I hope you loved it and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.